Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. said this in a bit so if we have any new listeners let's just you know tell them what we're about sure i don't think we said it in a bit but i don't maybe know we have who, who knows? knows right uh i'm gonna tell you a story tonight and you're gonna listen to it i am absolutely and going to listen and then we'll see what happens i like that right the, the mystery is good it's part of the suspense yeah. it's part of the suspense yeah yeah one of us is the listener as well as the listeners Ooh. Both sides kind of the of a, same coin. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> yep. let's just get into it then. Okay. So we're going to head over to New, New England today. Okay. That's good. Yeah. We're going to go to a, a little small town, very small town, really, uh, called Glastonbury. Okay. Catchy name. Yeah. Uh, it's a very small town. It was founded in 1761. Uh, in 1791, uh, Vermont's first state census said that there are only six families living in Glastonbury. Bold. Small town, right? I'm ima- yeah, I'm imagining. Everybody's going to know everybody. Yeah. Right, and the census taker just, like, walks. He, like, walks on one street and he's like, I'm out. Got it. <laughs> All right. Done. Yep. See you guys in yep. 10 years. Yep. See you in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a, a very mountainous and heavily wooded area. Uh, wasn't in a place, an easy place to live. It was, in fact, the center of the town was actually a mountain. Can you guess what that mountain was called? Glastonbury Mountain. Oh, thank you. I was perfect. Makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a one and done. I wasn't gonna really make you guess because that could have gone on, that could have gone on a while. Yeah, I was gonna be like Vermont Mount, Mount Vermont. No, like before my thought even got into my head, you just I'm like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for just telling me. Yeah, so it's you know in the uh, Appalachian Mountain. You know, uh, it's a nearly four thousand foot tall mountain. Pretty good size. That's a good size, yeah. Uh, the, the first settlers found life in Glastonbury to be difficult. Uh, and it continued that way. You know, 18, 1800 rolls around, and those six families that had originally lived there all completely replaced by wow. eight different families. Okay. So... Population is not growing much. It's, you know, revolving door. Got it. I hear you. Only three of these families were still here when the next census rolled around. Oh, that's not good. And only one of those families was still there decades after. Okay. Just, it's a very small town. Very tiny. I think uh, it's just a house. It's just a house at this point. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Yeah. Maybe a couple of them, but one guy's like, yeah, I use this one for the kitchen. 
sleep in this one. Oh, yeah, this is my man shed. And... Yeah. Uh, yep. Many hardships uh, were found, you know, by the settlers that lived in the area. And the population did eventually slowly grow. Uh, it was 76 people in 1810. Oh, wow. Getting up there. Yeah. 1840 rolls around. They're down to 53 again. And then, you know, that little war thing that happened in the middle of the 1800s kind of caused problems. Uh, it wasn't exactly good for population booms. No, it was uh, not. I think uh, maybe the opposite, maybe. Yeah. The Civil War was uh, rough on a lot of places. But in the later 1800s, timber began to be taken advantage of in the area. So things did start to grow eventually. You know, businesses, well, not businesses, you know, uh, lumber mills began to move in and with that you had a railroad to run up the mountain to bring wood and workers probably too but to move things up and down the mountain it it said that the it was almost a a wonder that the train could get up the mountain because it was pretty steep I guess okay like, you'd go, here, I did make a note of it. It said at some points it would be going up 250 feet per mile. Oh, my God. It's like the little engine that could, literally. Just got to keep just keep on chugging because that's kind of a tough slope, guys. Yeah. So, 1870 rolls around. There's almost 200 people living in here, in this town. Oh, my God. It's a metropolis. And at this point, the... Yeah, the logging business is picking up. There's a couple sawmills in town, uh, and they break into a couple different settlements, one called Fayville, and the other is South Glastonbury. They build a bunch of kilns to make charcoal, because uh, charcoal comes from burning wood. Uh, so charcoal becomes a thing. You know, Railroads, charcoal. Okay. It was basically gas during the steam engine and locomotive times. No oil yet. Well, I guess there would would have been oil by this point, but it's not the the driving thing for driving. No. (laughs) 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 No. Yeah, not, not, not at this point. Nope. However, the 1880s, the mountains pretty much been cleared of all the mature trees, which tanks the economy of this town. Oh, God. Late, later in that, uh, uh, later, nine years later, 1889, the railroad shuts down. They tried to make it go a go of it by converting it to electric trolley and turning the town into a um, tourist destination. And it worked for a little bit, but uh, a springtime thaw wiped out the train tracks with uh, snow melt in the mountains and rain and <sighs> all that fun stuff with yep. the swelling creeks and whatnot say goodbye to the train tracks ah, cool nature stuff so that over. ended what was that oh just cool nature stuff taking over yes yeah, wreaking havoc yeah trees cut down mountain is pissed destroyed it's like i'm done with your train tracks that's then. true um so that kind of marked the end of glastonbury as a functioning town the Population dwindled in the the 1900s, and in 1937, the population was seven. Okay. And it was one of the first 
towns, I believe, to be unincorporated. Got it. So, this is the town most associated with the tales I am about to tell you. It's an incredibly small town in the southwestern region of Vermont, deep in the woods and nestled between mountains. Okay. Sounds fun, right? It sounds like a blast. I'm excited. Yeah. It's a party. Legitimate party. A place for some strange happenings, maybe? Possibly. Very secluded. Very hidden. Not many human beings around. There might be something happening here. I can see it. Maybe. There was a few people living there still to this day. Not many. I think it was like three or something. Well... It was a really low number. I can't think of a better reason to go to Vermont than visiting these three people in this one town. Yeah, it was real low. That was like the 2010 census. Jesus. It was like, there's three people here. Oh, Oh my God. Um, Well, Native American tales of this region spoke of it uh, not so favorably, really. It's always a good starting spot for a story, right? Very great spot. In in North America, at least. Yeah, when the indigenous peoples, when the natives are like, nah, we don't don't like to go over there. And then here come the settlers. Let's make a town. Like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You sure about that? No, but. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we should let them. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Build it right over there. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) yeah. You guys want that land? Sure. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah. Just don't take our land. What if we have this? But you know, this actually, where you're settling is the most important land we could think of. You should take it. It's, mm-hmm. you know what? Well, here you go. Have fun. Uh, they, may, they may have done exactly that. You know, they may have warned settlers at first because they believed this area was cursed land. Uh, their legends say that they believed the four winds meet here. In an eternal struggle. Yeah, man. If somebody tells me the four winds meet here for an eternal struggle, I'm like, ah, yeah, that's okay. I'm not going to stick around. Yeah. And from a few articles I read from some websites that, you know, may not be the most reliable uh, the, of the good, sources on weather. The good ones. Stuff. Yeah, the great ones. Okay. But yeah. entertaining reads nonetheless. Uh, they did say that there is a propensity for the wind to behave in inexplicable ways in this area and that it does make the plants grow strangely. Um, which I can see like if it, that happens, like I, I know like moss tends to grow on a certain side of the tree. I want to say the West side, but I don't remember for sure. Um, things like that. Maybe it's the north side. doesn't matter. Um, but I know, like, certain things are affected by weather, and just an example, you know. Sure. So, I can see that maybe a little bit, but, yeah, it's a, a few different ones said that the plants grow strangely in the area, and whether that's the four winds fighting forever... It is a windy area and has some strange weather. But the local Native Americans stayed clear of this mountain, except for it was rumored that they used it for burials. Okay. So, again, those seem a little contradictory to me. I don't know why you would want to bury your family in a cursed mountain but these are the things I came across got it it could be I don't it could just be lost in translation I don't know sure I would begin to guess but I would just be saying nonsense about things I don't know yeah we're, which we never we're do here speculating yeah we right never now. we never we, do that here yeah no yeah. no we're just getting warmed up here so <laughs> okay. we'll save that for later okay oh god okay <laughs> Uh, The earlier European settlers often talked about strange lights that moved through the mountains and in the sky. Bizarre noises came from deep in the wood. 
and even stranger still, there were odd smells that couldn't be identified. Okay, I'm here for this, all right. But let us return to the logging days of Glastonbury. When another strange story adds adds to this strange legends of this area, right? Okay, yep. A 38-year-old man named John Crowley uh, worked at one of the sawmills. Uh, He was bludgeoned by a rock by a fellow worker named Henry McDowell. Oh, my God. So it's not, no one is really certain what led to the murder, but rumor is they'd been drinking heavily and arguing the previous night. And after Crowley was found dead, uh, Henry McDowell hopped a train and tried to flee to Canada. He eventually turned himself over, though, and to Connecticut authorities, and he confessed to the murder. But he said he did it because of the voices in his head. They told him to. Oh, that's not good. So he was ordered by the judge to serve his sentence in the Vermont State Asylum. He wasn't sold on it, though, so he escaped. Oh, okay. What a twist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's like, nah, that's okay. He's like, okay. <laughs> but anyways, I'm going to dip. And he's like, oh, you're not going to kill me? All right, I'll just leave. Yeah, so the voice told me to leave. Of a, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I just think. Yeah, they told me to do it. They told me to escape. Let's yeah, go. they told me to leave. These voices, I have no control over any actions that I do. Not that he may not have had a, any disorders or anything, but I like the fact that I did it because I'm crazy. Now I'm leaving. Oh, you're leaving? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. But he, he escaped. He concealed himself in a train car, uh, and he was never seen again. Damn. Or was he? What? Some people believe he made his way back to Glastonbury, and he roams the woods. He roams the the woods? (laughs) Yeah. Part of this rumor comes because five years after he escaped, a second murder occurred in the area. It was the first day of deer season, and a 40-year-old man named John Harbour probably excited for the chance to bag a deer, instead was found shot dead. Oh, God. When his body was discovered, it appeared that he had been dragged several yards and left beneath a cedar tree. His fully loaded rifle was placed nearby, just out of reach. The murderer shocked the community, but police never located any suspects and his murder remained unsolved. So that's a bit of where that McDowell escape comes back. Is like, hmm, is there a man in the woods? I mean, maybe, maybe there's a man in the woods who's hearing voices that just tells him in the woods? to kill. Uh huh. Yeah. That was quite a that that story escalated very fast. By the way, I just want to point that out. <laughs> That did. It did. That is not a. That is not our main focus tonight. No, it's no, it's not. But I just want a little, just a little quick moment to be like. And then he bludgeoned him with a rock, escaped the cannon. Then they, then he escaped in the sound. People kept getting <laughs> murdered. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Okay. Just. Okay. It's quite a tale to absorb. Yeah. Which I have done. Yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> yep. Did you get? Yep. Did you get rocked by that story? Cause oh my god, that one I guy got rocked. I was gonna say not as much as he did, but yes, I was. Yeah. Totally, totally rocked. Have you ever been yeah. rocked so hard? You've been bludgeoned. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm. Bit, I'm getting bludgeoned tonight. You're doing what? Yeah, man. <laughs> it's time to get rocked. Yeah. Uh. It wouldn't be for nearly a century that all of these strange happenings would eventually give this place its name. Ultimately, this area of southwestern Vermont becomes known as the Bennington Triangle. Okay. Great. Triangles are usually safe. That's good. Yeah. So these stories above that I told you, above, I wrote it since above it. I knew what you meant, though. I was just, I knew what you meant. You knew what I meant. (laughs) I did, totally. Like, okay, yeah. 
All right, so these stories that I told you, although strange, they don't really sell that whole Bermuda Triangle vibe, right? No, they are bizarre, but right, there should yeah, I feel there's more right. coming. Well, what is what does the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle usually make you think of? Uh, ships disappearing, people, planes, vanishing, going away, disappearances mm-hmm. of things, usually. Right, nailed it, because I wrote this next. While the Bennington Triangle isn't so much about ships and planes missing, <laughs> <laughs> it leans more towards the disappearance of individuals in some strange manners. There it is. Yep. All right. (laughs) So the Bennington Triangle. Let's get into it a little bit here, huh? Okay, let's do it. Yep, let's do it. A man named Carl Herrick and his cousin Henry went out hunting in the woods in November of 1943. As far as the story goes, it says that the two men were hunting approximately 10 miles north of Glastonbury, northeast of Glastonbury. At some point during their hunt, Carl and Henry got separated. So Henry returned to their campsite, but Carl never did. And he gave, Henry probably gave it some time, you know. It's the woods, things go wrong. Normally you find your way back, though. Sure. But it started to get dark, uh, and Henry decided something went seriously wrong and he went went and contacted the authorities uh it took a three-day search to find carl but eventually they found carl's body with his rifle against a tree er they found carl's body but they found his rifle approximately 70 feet away just leaned up against a tree from where they found him okay Okay. Yeah. So, not a disappearance, but strange. Yeah, not normal. I mean, yeah, odd. Well, a disappearance in a way, but they find him. Right. Something's odd, though. A couple years later, November 12th, 1945, a 74-year-old man named Minnie Rivers, who was a very experienced hunting guide, um, he was leading a party of four hunters through the area of Hell Hollow in the southwest woods of Glastonbury. Hell Hollow. Hell Hollow. That's a good I was name. thinking that's that is a great name. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty fantastic name, actually. It is a good name. It's real good. But real bold. When you're used to talking about things like we are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. As he was leading, as uh, Mitty Rivers was leading the group back to their camp, he got ahead of them, and then he never returned to camp. Initially, the other hunters weren't too concerned about it, as their guide was a very skilled woodsman. Um, however, he never came back to camp. At that point, an extensive search was conducted, and about 300 locals and the U.S. Army soldiers came from a fort in Massachusetts, and they combed the area, the all the woods and everything around for eight days. They never found Mitty Rivers. The only thing that they found was a single rifle cartridge of the same type that he typically used hunting. There's no evidence of any animal attack. His body was never found. And if pretty much all the people that knew him, all the locals in the area, knew that he was such an experienced man, if he did get lost, he would find his way back. But he never right. did. He knew what he was, yeah, he knew what he was doing, and now he's just not here. Now he's he's checked out. He gone. Yeah. So he was gone. He disappeared along what is called the Long Trail, or near the Long Trail, 
A year after that, uh, an 18-year-old college student named Paula Weldon went hiking on the Long Trail on Sunday, December 1st, 1946. Uh, she was wearing a bright red jacket that allowed her to stand out to people when um, people started asking about her because a lot of people had seen her. Several people had seen her go on her hike, including a store employee in Bennington who had given her directions and an elderly couple who were out hiking that day and they were they believe they were about a hundred yards behind her for quite a while during their trek there was no concern about the college sophomore until she didn't show up for her classes the following morning after that an extensive search was conducted which included more than a thousand people and i think this was the one where a helicopter was used for the first time in a search and rescue. Oh, shit. All right. A $5,000 reward was posted, and the FBI also uh, helped with this missing persons case. The elderly couple that believes they were about 100 yards behind her when on the trail said that they had been following her, and... She rounded a corner, and then she just was gone. What? During the massive search with helicopters, thousand people combing the woods, no clues to her being in the woods or continuing down the path or anything like that were ever found. I mean, that's scary. That's not normal. That's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Especially, you know, you know, when somebody goes missing in the woods now, it's probably a little bit different than back then. They, I don't know how different, but you'd still think it would be somewhat organized, you know, people in lines, all that kind of stuff. You'd think that you'd find something. Right. I mean, you wouldn't exactly. You would, you'd think something would give away someone's location any kind of remnants like pieces of not that you want to talk about pieces of people but something or like clothing or no I mean even you know that's you don't want to find pieces of people you'd want to find clothing or something but the fact that right. they're I mean there's wild animals out there there are you know the, the woods aren't exactly the safest place to be that's why we built civilization correct <laughs> But yeah, because we were like, be nah, we don't need more of these. Yeah. So years after that, a man named James E. Tedford, who was a veteran. You know, I didn't look, but I assume he's a World War II veteran, given the year. But he could have been a World War One. Either way, he was a veteran. Um, he went missing on December first, nineteen forty-nine. It was exactly three years after Paula Weldon had disappeared. Tedford was a resident of the Bennington Soldiers' Home, and he had been in St. Albans visiting relatives, and he was returning home on a bus when he disappeared. According to witnesses, he had gotten on the bus and was still on the bus, as far as they knew, at the last stop before he arrived in Bennington. Somewhere between the last stop and Bennington, he vanished. His belongings were still on the luggage rack, and an open bus timetable was on his vacant seat. Weird. Very much so. Mm-hmm. The fourth person to vanish was an eight-year-old boy named Paul Jepson. He was last seen October 12th, 1950. Uh, he had accompanied his mother while she attended uh, some of her pigs. She was feeding her pigs, and he was supposed to re stay in the truck cab. She said she was gone for about an hour, 
and when she returned to the truck, her son was nowhere in sight. So she panicked because she can't find her son. Um, contacts the authorities. They get a full manhunt going, bring out bloodhounds and everything. And the bloodhounds track the boy for a couple miles towards the uh, Glastonbury Mountain. And then the dogs lose the, the trail. Uh, I think it started raining. And that was it. He was never seen again. Jesus. There were a lot of nasty rumors going around about the mom feeding her kid to the pigs and stuff for a while. Of course, which that's we're great. All, yeah. Right. That helps everybody. Which we're all uh, denied uh, right. vehemently by her. <laughs> yeah, mother mother loses her son. Not only is she losing her son, then she has to deal with like her neighbor next door is like, you found to the hogs. No, I... Yeah. I didn't do that. That didn't happen. Hogs ate your kid. I, I didn't let the hogs eat my child. I promise. Right. So, after he went missing, though, we have another disappearance. It was a little over two weeks after uh, Paul Jepson had vanished. October 28th, 1953. Or, sorry, that's a different 53. 1950, 53-year-old woman, Frieda Langer, and her co- cousin, uh, Herbert Elsner, were out camping near... Uh, a place called the Somerset Reservoir, and they decided to go on a hike. Uh, I believe her cousin's wife was with them, too. I think it was a party of three. I didn't make a note of that, but I believe that's what it was. It was her, her cousin, Herbert, and his wife. Anyways, so they went on a hike, and... Frida slipped at one point and she fell into a stream. Ah. Yeah, this wasn't too far into their hike, so she told her cousin that if he would wait, she would go back to the campsite, change clothes, and catch up to him. When he waited for a while, she did not return, though, and he eventually made his way back to the campsite and discovered that she had not returned back there either. So after they had left the family campsite, so maybe that's what it was. Maybe I'm mixing it up with the family was still there and her and her cousin were just going to go on a hike. But he returns to the campsite after he'd waited for a while, long enough that she should have been back. And he goes back to the family campsite, and nobody there had seen her come back. So somewhere in between their short hike and her slipping in a stream she vanishes over the course of two weeks five searches were conducted again involving aircraft helicopters 300 searchers and note not a single trace of Frieda Langer is found during this search so months go by okay you know that was in October yeah um so you it's the end of the fall. Winter rolls around. Spring rolls around. May rolls around. May 12th, 1951. Frieda Langer, her body is found near the Somerset Reservoir in an area that had been extensively searched seven months previously. No cause of death could be determined because at this point she's her body's been in the wilderness for seven months. Yeah. And it's 1951. That's gonna hide a lot. That's gonna so, hide a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's not gonna help you much. There's a weird rumor about all these disappearances. Oh, is there? It's kind of, it's kind of blended itself into the folklore of all these tales. Most of them claim that these people were wearing red. Interesting. Yeah, wearing a red coat or a red shirt. So. Take that as you will. There's, 
I, I saw a lot of different accounts of that. It was like, mm, rumor, not real. But then people were like, no, this is definitely true. You know, so. Of course. Part of the folklore. Maybe don't wear red over there just to be safe. No, no. Nothing yeah, but green. Just to be safe. The exact opposite of red. Nothing but green. No red. Yeah, green. Yeah, no red. Mm-hmm. Bad. No. Yeah, so maybe don't wear red. But now I know we're going to jump around on the timeline here a bit. Sure. But let's let's go back to the logging days of Glastonbury so I can okay. recant you with another story here. Please do. During a rainstorm, a wagon driver was navigating the muddy road through the woods near town. Some debris blocked part of the route and the wagon slowed to safely navigate its way through. Eventually, the slow speed and the soggy road, the wagon wheels sunk in the mud, and the wagon became trapped. The driver of the wagon grabbed the lantern that was hanging on the side, and he began to look for a way out of his predicament. Examining the wheels, though, something else caught his eye. Large footprints seemed to circle the wagon, deep and clear, These footprints were not his own because they were massive. And the person that must have left them most definitely was not wearing shoes. Oh, God. What? So, obviously, as you do, he followed the footprints. As you do. Sure, man. Let's see where these go. (laughs) This is fine. Yeah. As he followed them, there was a massive slam from behind by the carriage. And the carriage was rocking violently. The large slam had caused the passengers to come pouring out of the carriage and into the rainy night, splashing in the mud. The, li- the driver looked on in shock as another slam rocked the carriage onto its side, narrowly missing the passengers as they fled from the sudden attack. In the dim light from the lantern, a shape stepped out of the woods. Just beyond the carriage, it was a mass, massive form standing about two feet taller than the average man. And as it stepped towards the light, its eyes reflected bright yellow. The party that had jumped from the wagon stared at the monstrosity in a shocked silence. And the lurking beast in front of them, covered in wet, matted hair, stared back. The tense moment must have felt like forever. Eventually, the hairy form turned, and just like a shadow, it took a step into the woods and disappeared from sight back into the deep darkness. This beast was sighted quite a bit during the 1800s, and during the time when, when this was during the time when the most men were in the woods of the area, and the story I told uh, seemed to be the most common tale that came from all these people it was kind of seen as the main encounter okay there's also a tale of a wild man that lived in a cave somewhere in the woods around the same time this wild man though was most certainly a man man no because because he would occasionally appear in town and he liked to harass the women (laughs) oh no how he would do this was by suddenly pulling back his long black coat shaking his junk at him and the women or men or anyone nearby would try to stop him he would brandish a pistol at them you know be like uh-uh-uh oh my I got God. this too and just keep shaking it and then he'd run back off into the woods he he's showing everybody both his guns <laughs> I, and i love the fact that it's all it's such a different time this wild man yeah you think <laughs> Yeah, you think so? He's a little <laughs> wild, huh? You think? <laughs> wild man. Yeah, that's what he is. I won't argue with the term, but it's quite a, you know, kind of underselling what he's about here, but he's calling him a wild man. <laughs> I mean, he's a wild man. It's not like, inaccurate. It's not wild, inaccurate. dude. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> wild, dude. He runs around with a gun, just a long coat, no clothes underneath, and just sometimes comes into town. Get this wild man out of here. 
All right. Like, oh so those God. are two different uh, kind of stories there, two sightings. But most were pretty capable of differentiating differentiating between the two. I just love the the idea that a situation exists that, of course, we have no documentation for, where this massive creature and this wild man interacted. Did they know each other? They clearly walked around the same parts. You know, maybe they, maybe they were uh, neighbors. They could have been friends. You know, the wild man and I don't know. Yeah, the big the, the big one man. doesn't speak English, but the one guy no. just nods to him. He's like, "I'm going into town. You need anything?" He's and like, he, "It's just like, no, nah." <laughs> the guy's not bringing anything back, anyways. He's just running out there, flashing his his business, and then bailing. He's like, "Woo!" I just, yeah, hello. I just yeah, and then I also imagine the bigger guy, the you know the the potential monster, this giant creature, like. You know, he, this guy's been telling him he's going into town and stuff. And, he, and the, the day he discovers what he's been up to, how offended the big creature is. You're doing what? <laughs> yeah. I chose to interact with you. Of all the species, people, of all the members of the species to interact with, I'm interacting with the quote-unquote wild man. Great. It's not very sophisticated, yeah. dude. So, like I said, there's multiple sightings of two, two types of beasts here. <laughs> yeah, beasts is right. But uh, most people could tell the difference between the two. And it kind of became known that a giant hairy creature lurked in the woods. And it was something else entirely than a flasher. So a little bit ago, I told you about Carl Herrick and how he was found dead while out hunting with his brother. Yes. Cousin. Cousin. His relative, yes. Yeah. Well, was this Bennington monster possibly the culprit? Maybe. When they found Carl's body, it was surrounded by footprints. Oh. Footprints were explained away as bear tracks, which probably didn't seem to sit right with, uh, it didn't really sit right with some, some of the people there. But having no better ideas, they maybe wrote it off. If it, if it was a bear, it hadn't touched the body from what anyone could tell. Yeah. So, it, like, and it, then, just, it just sniffed him? They, they think it just walked around, sniffed him, and left? Yeah, like, he dropped dead, it sniffed him, and yeah, he's like, ah, just never left mind. it. Well, then the autopsy showed that Carl had died from being crushed or squeezed to death. Oh, well, that's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It wasn't good for Carl. No, he didn't like it. Going back through all the stories I just told you about these disappearances, this is the, kind of the oddball out, which is why a lot of the a lot of the websites and stories and stuff, they don't include this one because it doesn't fit the whole disappearance thing. You know, the body was never found. This okay. one was found. Yeah. Although it's seems to be a very strange way he died. I think they just, they don't include it because they found him. Even though Frida Langer, like they include her, but her body was found. But since there's no cause of death, they let that one slide because it's seven months later. Okay. Just a weird set of circumstances. It's weird kind of picking and choosing, I think. So I think these all kind of fit together. Yeah, if they're all in the same area, it's a bunch of weird stuff, and some people die weird, some people vanish weird. There's a giant creature that may or may not roam, be roaming the woods, which people often talk about. A man was crushed. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of these things are normal, especially just in the... Like, clearly a man just crushed laying by a tree. Like, if you try to imagine what kind of accident could have caused that, it's hard to kind of think what would have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so what... How, yeah, that's what gets me. Is bear, did he fall and I don't know. Yeah, did he fall did he and fall? like crush all? Yeah, then crawl and die, or you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Possible, I guess. So, yeah. are all of these disappearances the result of the Bennington monster? I like thinking about it. I like thinking about it too. Or is it all <laughs> the UFOs in the area? Oh, God. Because sightings continue to this day, 
and there are strange reports of beams of light reaching out of the woods straight into the night sky, floating lights drifting across the night sky. There are tales of people still going missing and others still experiencing strange phenomena, such as sudden drastic changes in weather in extremely localized areas. A music teacher once went for a hike, turned around, took the same trail back, except he ended up unable to find his way back to his car. And while trying to find his way back, a heavy fog rolled in and everything became dark. He believed a maple tree beckoned to him where he approached and he found shelter and he tried to make a fire. But every stick he reached for upon grabbing every stick he reached for upon grabbing it, he would realize it was an animal bone. He finally managed to light a fire and he endured the night. The next morning he had, he discovered he had ended up on the other side of the mountain. Then there are the strange cairns or like stacks of stones that are around the top of Glastonbury mountain or near the top of Glastonbury mountain. And there's the old native American legends of the mountain being home to a stone that swallows you whole. Whatever's going on here, there's some strange stuff happening in the Bennington Triangle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, this might be, I mean, it's a (sighs) gateway to a different realm, different dimension, or a helipad for UFOs. That may or may not contain yeah. creatures from a different planet or a dimension. Some weird stuff. That choose to hang out in the woods of Vermont. Vermont seems cool, so yeah, why not? I mean, I'm okay with Vermont. And like this could have been going on for this could be this this arrangement could have been going on for thousands of years. If you you know if Could have been. <sighs> yeah. I went into this one wanting to do just a, a monster story. Yes. I feel like we hadn't done a straight-up monster in a while. And I was no. like, all right, going through my list, like, checking them off and everything. Yes. And I was like, Bennington Monster, let's see what this guy's about. And it's a whole mess of stuff. Then you're like, oh, no. <laughs> Look at all this. Right. I was like, man, I'm like, I just wanted a monster. And we're getting away from monsters. We're kind of weaving around. He's always lurking in there, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a phenomenon. There's phenomenon going on throughout this entire mountain with the creature. And, like, then you got this man, this streaker who's felt the call of the wild living amongst him. Yeah. All these, all these people I thought vanishing. that was a really funny note. The first article I read on the streaker yeah. guy, it said 1967. And I was like, that's absurd. You know? Right. Like, I was like, no, that can't. I mean, it didn't cross my mind at that point because that was the first one I saw. It was like 1967. Some guy was living in a cave and he keeps running into town. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, man, that's crazy. You know, I didn't write it off immediately, but then like the other two times I saw it, it was 1867. I was like, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's a little, yeah. That's something you could, you know, people. Not would that be, either one's, not, you know, completely no. rational, but. <laughs> and not that people, yeah, ex- yeah, not that people back then accepted it more, but it, I just feel like that was something you were able to do more back then because, like, I mean, you know, there wasn't, you know, th- like, nobody was living in this technological utopia where you could, you know what I mean? Like, everybody was kind of fighting it, you know, doing the best they can. So, like, the one guy just goes and lives off in the woods. You're like, well, all right, I guess that's where he is. Yeah, that's fine. I'm glad it's not me. Oh, here he is. Oh, there's his his wiener getting flapped like, around. Ah, like, oh, jeez. Cool. And, I oh, guess I'm, somebody... I'm gonna go punch him. Oh shit, he's got a gun. Never mind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, my god. <laughs> he's packing many things. Jesus, great. Yeah, avert your gaze, children. <laughs> yeah. <he's... laughs> yeah. Runs off into the woods. Now he's shooting the gun at the sky. Is that a spaceship up there? Oh, Christ. Is there a beam of light shooting down? Oh, no. Yeah, there, there's a lot of weird stuff. I I liked this one the more I got into it, but 
it's kind of a, a hodgepodge. Right. But in a way, that's that's cool in and of itself because then you can kind of like, you know, if you want to play these fun games with yourself, all right, what do all these things have in common? What could be going on here? I mean, to me, it just seems like there's, if we're playing that game, it's some kind of, there's some kind of gateway, some kind of nexus. Like there's something important in this area that we will never be able to probably comprehend. But if this is a thing, there's something there. That, yeah. You know what I mean? There's Could, could be. Yeah. I don't know if there's like a Because, I mean, the, the stories go so far back. You know, I did right. try to kind of get into where the Native American legend come from a little bit more. And sure. it was a little tricky and not a lot of documents I could find on the Internet. Like, maybe if I could get into the library and really get right. at it, figure it out. But it when was I think, too tricky. I think that's a – because there's a lot of, like – because when it comes to like American folklore, if you we've mentioned it before, when you go back in time, you know historically speaking, you know the original people who settled these lands, you know so so they would they would have that information. So I think with some story, not that this is the case with this one, but with I think it was what was the other one, like um, was it the Nain Rouge I was trying to remember? But like some stories like retroactively get like Native American stuff attached to it to make them seem more authentic. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So you, yep. you never so that mm-hmm. can be. That can muddy the waters a little bit, too. Not that that happened with this yeah. one, but just in general, like trying to research that, it's tough to find. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and the one thing, like they have the cairns that are found on top of the mountain, which yeah, I looked up to make sure I was thinking of the right thing, and I was. It's like when you know, you, they can you can bury somebody like use it as a grave marker. Yeah, it's when you stack a bunch of rocks, you know, like okay, all yeah, over the place, yeah. like it's like a a significant thing. Apparently, they're on the mountain, but uh, what's left of the native population doesn't claim them as part of their history, and it just seems to be a mystery. Okay, well, so that's, that's kind of weird. That is very weird. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, we don't know what those are. Yeah. Some of the, you know, the very rational people like to think that they're, these people went missing because they fell into old wells from, you know, it's a ghost town now. Um, right. They fell into like a town well or something and nobody knows where it is anymore. So things like that. But, uh, yeah, that- yeah, that could be too. I'm kind of with you on, it's weird. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Is it some sort of portal, or is there some sort of entity living in the woods taking people? That right? Because they're very well, or like um, I was gonna say like they're very well could be, but yeah, no, this is the conversation. So yeah, there very well could be something like that. Or, or just some kind of like anchor point, something that's so strong, like it's just this, it just centers this weirdness, and like maybe some people disappear, or maybe some people um, end up dead because like maybe there's some kind of choice involved here, or like maybe some people like are, I don't know, I want to, you know what I mean? Like, why would some people not be be taken and some people be left I mean, and be taken? You know what I mean? What's what would be the differentiating? factor there well the it's only fun to think about they're on their own it seems like even yeah. if they're in a group it seems like they get yeah. separated and they're on their own i mean yeah i would it could be just as easy as them being picked off because i was thinking like a creature coming up to them and being like i don't not like you know not like kind of like a come with me if you want to live situation and then when they choose no then they just die but I would imagine most people would say no. I'm just trying to think of like some kind of situation that could happen in the woods alone with a creature that isn't just outright killing them and taking them because that could very well be what was happening too. Just you know, and then maybe you leave you yeah. you drop you drop your food sometimes and you leave it behind. Otherwise, you take it back to your well, special. Well, if you think about bed. it too, like I mean, I'm not saying if you say. Predators, when they're hunting yep. prey, yep. yes, they look for something weak or separated from 
you know, something easy to pick off. Right. I'm pretty sure there's only black bears in Vermont. I don't know if they have big cats up there. I don't think so. I, I wouldn't yeah, I think wouldn't, so. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Cattle get you. I would just think up. black bears. And black bears aren't hunting people. No. I wouldn't think so. Unless there's like a deranged subsect of black bears that exists in just this one part of the mountains that harvest human beings. Yeah. <laughs> they wear oh, no. coats into town and have human genitalia. They like to flash at women. Oh my God. Yeah, this is real. While, while up. brandishing guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, holy shit. Did you see that bear? That wasn't a bear. It was a man. <laughs> that was a man. It was a wild man. All right. Well, according to a quick Google search, there are uh, just black bears. No, no big cats or anything like that. Wolves, no wolves in Vermont. I just did bears because I don't know that I don't think I don't think there's any wolves really east of the Mississippi. Hardly. Yeah, there's not. They're not very. They don't have a very large population as it is. So. There's the Canadian lynx can be found in Vermont. Interesting. And the bob eastern bobcat. I don't think either of those are hunting people. Eh, I mean, they might try, but... I mean, you'd think it'd be like a one-off. It wouldn't be a dedicated, like, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe that 74-year-old man or something got hurt. Maybe. Right. But, yeah. The Bennington Monster. That's who's out there. It's been been seen over there for over a hundred years yeah i mean that's pretty awesome because is it just even if it is just him like malicious maybe he just wants a friend he tried to hug that one guy and he just crushed him i could be and he's like oh i broke this one well <laughs> then he then he put him he put him like by the tree and like patted his head and was like you'll be okay and he left him like they'll fix you and they it was he was unfixable Unfixable. Yeah. It's like, never mind. And then he's like, oh, I was going to... I mean, that's morbid, but like, oh, I was going to make friends with that girl, but I forgot where I put her. Shit. Then she just sits in the woods. And, oh. I... Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh. It's like, yeah. oh, that's where she was. Oh, no. It's like, I'm a monster. What do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> Just wanted, just wanted a friend. The Bennington monster. I mean, then his name, his name's got to be Ben, right? Benny, right? Benny, Benny the monster. Oh, Benny the monster. And he, Benny, just wants friends because, like, the last friend that he had, again, kept brandishing a pistol and flashing women in town. He wanted a new friend. He was like, "I'm sick of that guy. He's crazy." He's insane. He's a wild man. I don't trust him. Like, I'm more scared of him being in the woods with me than you should be of me being out here in these woods. This guy's a crazy person. Yeah. But uh, if I can find more, I'm going to read more about the Bennington monster. I hope so. Because. I would look forward to being told about this monster. I had a good time reading about all this stuff. Uh, It does seem like a creepy spot. It's along the Appalachian Trail. Nice. So you can hike hike from Georgia all the way past it up into Maine. Oh, my God. It's a cool thing. It is a oh, cool yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, the Appalachian Trail's not messing around. No, it's really not. I mean, that would be fun to do if you had the time to do such a thing. Just, yep, yeah, here I go. This is how I'm going to see America. Oh, my God. Well, shall we wrap it up? Yeah, sure. The Bennington Monster. I mean, if you've seen the Bennington Monster... Or think he tried to abduct you? Could let us know. Yeah. Weird and Feared Podcast I don't know how many gmail.com. listeners we have in Vermont. Hopefully many. That'd be awesome. Any Vermont listeners, tell yeah. us about your Bennington monster stories. If you are the Bennington monster and you are a listener, hit us up on the uh, the Facebook or the Instagram or the uh, you know support us on the Patreon. Listen, to, if you're the Bennington monster mm-hmm. and you want bonus content, support us on the Patreon. You can get some of that. 
at weirdandfeared on patreon.com. Mm-hmm. And um, leave us an iTunes review if you want, or I, whatever it's called now. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's what it's called. Sure. Right? Yeah, okay. Just leave us a review. We'd appreciate yeah. it. Ben. Benny. It helps things out. Benny. Yeah, I got a shout out, Benny. You're welcome. Yeah. Our friend, our friend, Ben. Our friend, Bang, Bennington the Monster. That's his official name, Bennington. That's a good name. It's just a place. All right. It's, that's enough. It's classy. All right. It is very classy. Yeah, and what was the mountain name again, the town? Glastonbury. Bennington from Glastonbury. What the hell, man? There's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. I think it sounds like he wears a monocle. I think he does. I think he does. Does he have a cane? Or is it just made of bones? Is it a cane made of bones? It got scary all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. He twirls it. Real sophisticated. He's got a cool mm-hmm. walk. He's like right, Mr. Well, Peanut, but he <laughs> just covered in hair. <laughs> just covered in hair with a bone cane. <laughs> Real scary. With a top hat. Yeah. Well. Yeah, obviously. All right. Just like the Bennington monster, I think everybody should uh, stay safe and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. <laughs>